0: Welcome to the Legacy Teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego then they brought these men before the king and nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them is it true o shadrach meshach and abednego do not ye serve my gods nor worship the golden image which i have set up now if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet flute harp sackbut psaltery dulcimer and all kinds of music ye fall down and worship the image which i have made well but if ye worship not ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fire furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Our precious fathers, we approach your word, we do so with reverence and humility, and we thank you that it is the word of truth, it's alive and living. I thank you for your spirit that dwells within our hearts to enlarge our spirits, our hearts, that we may receive all things that pertain unto life and godliness, and that we would stand fearlessly in the face of all adversity, without fear, but boldly, to proclaim the truth of your word in Jesus' name, amen and amen. How would you like to be in that shape? Be ready to cast, be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. You know, we don't know what it is to live by faith, beloved. Living by faith in the living God is walking with God, communing with God, living with God, breathing with God, Eating with God, communing with God, living with God and for God, until God swallows you up. These people, these three Hebrew children, they knew their God. They knew that He was the God of all creation, they knew He was the God of all the universe. They knew He made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in Him is. They knew that this God whom they served was a covenant-keeping God. They knew that if someone would walk uprightly towards Him, He had no choice but to answer their prayer. He had no choice but to do what they had asked Him to do. They knew that if they would not bow their knee to any other false image of God but stand true to the covenant-keeping God of all the universe, they said the God that we serve is able to deliver us from a burning, fiery furnace. The God that we serve is able to protect us from the flames of fire. Although, humanly speaking, this is impossible, when a human body is thrown into a burning, fiery furnace, it's supposed to die, be burned up and die. But with God, all things are possible. With the God that we serve, beloved, the God that we know, all things are possible. And with faith in this living God and living a holy, pure, consecrated, dedicated life before Him, in understanding that God who cannot lie, must honor His Word, and having the audacity to step out into the realm of faith, believing that what God hath said, God must perform, and then having the boldness to get out there and and act upon that Word, regardless of circumstances, will always bring the Shekinah glory and the divine presence of God on the scene in your life. And it's without question. It is without question. These individuals knew that the God that they served because of their fearlessness, because of their boldness, because they were not afraid, because they were not timid, because they were not shy before the king and his gods and all the host under Nebuchadnezzar, he, they knew that God would have to deliver them because they did not bow their knee. As you go on reading the story, you find out that Nebuchadnezzar became just, he came to a rage. He was so upset with these that defied his commandment, defied his statute, defied his ordinance. He said, put that furnace up even hotter and throw them in. And the men that were taking them to be thrown in, they were burned up by the fire before they ever got in. As they threw the three Hebrew children in, they were burned up. But the three Hebrew children went went inside that burning, fiery furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down inside that burning, fiery furnace. And when Nebuchadnezzar looked inside that furnace, he says, I thought I threw three men in there. How come I see a fourth one likened unto the Son of Man? For the Lord hath sent His angel to deliver you. And the Bible says there wasn't any smoke on them, any smell of smoke, and not one hair was singed. The ropes were burned off wherewith they were bound and they walked free from the burning fire furnace. Isaiah said, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And the rivers are not going to overflow you. And when you walk in the fire, I will be with you. And neither shall the flame kindle upon. Because I am the Lord your God. That's in reality. This is not a fairy tale. This is a reality. Beloved, God is speaking to my heart. He says, I want you to live by faith. He says, I want you to live pure and holy before me. He says, I want you to see the glory of your God. I want you to see the divine manifestation of my presence. I want you to see the glory of my healing power, the glory of my delivering power, the glory of my setting free power. I want you to see the glory of glories in your midst, in your presence. And it's going to be by faith. It's going to be living by faith. There isn't any other way to do it. You see, before faith came, they were under the law. The Bible says that while the law was in operation, faith was shut up. Did you ever read that in Galatians chapter 3? No. Let's find it. Galatians chapter 3. Revelation, faith was shut up under the law. Faith did not come... And we're talking about revelation, faith, faith in the blood of Jesus did not come till Jesus was ascended on high and seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. God has spoken to us by his word and said that the just shall live by faith. He has so designed that the body of Christ live by faith. And we are the body of Christ. And this is a new dispensation. As long as we're in this dispensation, we shall live by faith. There are those speaking all around this country right now saying that faith is not the message of the hour. Faith is not really the true meat of the word. Beloved, I want you to know something. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. The just shall be developed by faith. For Jesus is the author and the developer or finisher of your faith. And Jesus says when I come to return for my body, for my church, for my bride. He said, will I find faith on the earth? Faith is the principle of the Bible. Without it, you cannot please God. Without it, you cannot be saved. Without it, you cannot fight. Without it, you can't do much of anything in the realm of the Spirit. Because spiritual law operates by faith. And here we see in Galatians chapter 3, verse 22. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came. Everybody say, before faith came. We were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. That's why we've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear or fear again to bondage. We have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Everybody say, God is my Father. I am His child. I am his child. Beloved, we've entered into this, in this dispensation into a, a relationship with God that is Father, Son, Father, Daughter. If you think He delivered those people under the old covenant, if you think the miracles that He wrought way back when, which some people think that they have ceased to be, if you think He saved those who were only His servants, who were not His children... If you think He had a, a, an outreach arm so that He can deliver them from all their afflictions and persecutions, I want you to know that we are the sons and daughters of the living God. He cares about us. He's concerned about us. It is His desire to move in our lives in such a devastating way that I don't believe we've begun to see the demonstration of His glory. It's His desire to move in each and every one of our hearts until He becomes a reality, our loving Father. Our Father God, who is the provider of every need that we may It's His desire. And we're going to see it in this latter day. Faith was shut up. We're going back into faith. The just shall live of faith. Paul said in Galatians 2 and 20. You're close by. Just take a look right over there. 2 and 20. For I am crucified with Christ. The translators did that a little bit injustice In the King James Version of the Bible. It should be I have been. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But the life I now live in the flesh... I live by the faith of the Son of God. Everybody say, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave Himself for me. The life that we live in the flesh. See, not only are we born of the Spirit, beloved, but we've got a life in the flesh. God knows we have to live in this realm. God knows that there are fiery trials, a burning furnace. Just like they experienced a literal burning furnace, there are fires, trials and fiery trials of temptation, adversity, calamity, and everything you could think of facing us in this realm, in this life. And he has designed that our escape from all the fiery trials and temptations of life would come by faith. If you read the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, you'll find out it is the faith hall of fame. You'll find out by faith they moved mountains. By faith, Sarah received strength to conceive Isaac in her womb. By faith, Abraham went and found a place, a city, whose builder and maker was God. By faith, Enoch walked with God in such a dimension, in such a reality, that he pleased God to such a high type of fulfillment, that he was once here, then next translated off into the glories of the spiritual realm by faith we see noah building an ark what as of yet things that have not as of yet been seen were told unto him that were going to happen so by faith he builds an ark by faith he escaped destruction for himself and for his family by faith widows received deliverance and sustenance for life by faith women had their husbands raised up from the dead and their children raised up from the dead by the glory and the power of god How? by faith By faith, Abraham received Isaac in a figure. By faith, Gideon. By faith, Samson. By faith, Rahab. By faith. And we can go on, and we can go on, and go on, and go on. And then 12th chapter of Hebrews says, You look unto Jesus. He is the author and the developer of your faith. So that your faith could stop the mouth of lions. So that your faith can bring down the healing power of God so that your faith can cast out devils, so that your faith could heal the sick. The just shall live by what? Smith Wigglesworth was a great man of faith. Since the days of the apostles, I don't believe there was any other that demonstrated the apostolic ministry, as well as he did. And in his life and ministry, there were recorded 14 individuals that he raised from the dead. One was a five-year-old little boy that died. And in those days, they didn't bring him to a funeral home. They laid him in a friend's home where the family came and visited and as he came to the funeral home, he saw that little body lying there, cold and dead. And he stood there and saw the mother and father weeping, and he began to weep himself. He just began to cry. Compassion rose up from in his heart in such a dimension that the compassion of Jesus began to just flow out of him. He said, everybody, please leave the room. They left. He locked the door behind him so that no one could come in. He walked over to that little body of that five year old, pulled it out of that casket, and put it against the wall and said, Live. The child began to walk. His life came back into him. He walked back out into the room and said, Here's your son. Then one of his in the, well, one individual that he was constantly witnessing to but would not receive Jesus. Would not receive Jesus. He always believed that God would never send me anywhere lest he meet the need. And as he went to this individual's house to, to talk to him about Jesus, the man says, no, I don't want him. Finally, he heard that this man was on the brink of death. The doctor says he wouldn't live out the day. Coming back home from his meeting, he went by the house and saw that his wife was not there. So he called and found out that this fellow was near death and that's where his wife was and he ran over to the house. As he was going up the steps he went by the he went past the wife of the individual who was weeping and screaming. He says, What is it? What's up? She said, He's dead. He says, I walked into the room. I don't know what compelled me but my knees hit the floor. I began to pray. I began to pray. I knew my faith wasn't strong enough, he said, but I began to pray. I began to pray. My wife said to me, Smith, don't do it. He's gone. Let him go. He says, I began to pray till I touched heaven. I began to pray until the glories of God. Another faith came into my spirit. And then I leaned over his face and I rebuked death in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And immediately he arose from the dead and lived for 30 more years. He says, I could not help the man while he was in his body because he resisted me. He says. but when he died, there was no resistance. I could help him. He brought him back to life from the dead. Fourteen such cases under his ministry. In one incident, he took a woman out of her deathbed in the the presence of another minister and slammed her body against the wall and said, I command you to walk in the name of Jesus. And she began to slump down. He picked her back up and slammed it against the wall and says, I said, I command you to walk in the name of Jesus. She slumped down. On the third time, she slammed that that body against the wall and says, I told you to walk in the name of Jesus. And her body began to tremble. And then she began to walk, praising God throughout the whole house. Documented proof. The doctor was there. Proving that this woman had no life in her. The just shall live by what? Not by intelligence. Not by how how much theology we have, beloved. The just shall live by faith. Then there was one incident that he told about, which I don't know about you, but to me I just, I just marveled. We say I believe all things are possible. We say all things are possible with God. But, beloved, we have not yet begun to touch the realm of faith. We've not yet begun to see the beginning of what God will do through yielded vessels. This one individual he was talking with, communing with in his house, just before they were about to go to sleep that night, he said to this individual that had no legs, had no legs, he said to him, brother, go buy yourself a pair of shoes in the morning. All the guy had was stumps. Wooden. Back in them days, they didn't have the, you know, advanced technology of today. And there was this fellow just sitting there laughing. He thought he was pulling a joke or a prank on him. But Brother Wigglesworth was never one to just speak lightly. He heard from heaven. He says, go buy yourself a pair of shoes in the morning. When the guy retired that night, he says, I went to bed and I I couldn't help. But just lay there and when I did, God spoke to my heart and said, do what my servant hath told thee to do. He says, I tossed and turned. I couldn't sleep. Finally, I got myself up so early in the morning, I beat the owner of the shoe store down, downtown. I got down there. He opened the door and let me in. I went in. I sat down. A young fellow came over and says, what can I do for you? He says, I want a pair of shoes. You do? What size and what color? He didn't even think of anything like what size or color because he hadn't worn shoes. didn't have any legs. All he had was that wooden stump. He says, uh, after waiting, he, said, he looked and saw and he says, I can't help you. You're in the wrong place, you know. Well, the fellow thought about it and says, I want size 8 color black. Size 8 color black. The fellow says, okay. He wouldn't got him a pair of shoes. Right in the shoe store. He bent over and put one shoe on. And as soon as he put on the shoe all over top of that stump, a leg was formed and a foot was created. He put over the other shoe, got it, stuck it over the stump and right in front of that fellow that was working there, right in that shoe store, his other leg instantly came into being. Of course, he got up and paid for the shoes a long time with a new pair of shoes and a new pair of legs and feet. Beloved, dare we, dare we believe God? Dare we believe God by faith? The just shall live by faith. There is a life where God can be so manifest in us, when His glory and power can so purge our hearts, our spirit, from everything that's called self, that it is no longer I that liveth, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I live in the flesh... See, we've got a life to live in the flesh. We need to make a decision. Are we going to live that life in the flesh by the faith of the Son of God? Or are we going to live that life in the flesh by natural human faith? By the things we can see? Now, I don't know about what that's done for you, but I'll tell you what. We think in our natural mind, is it possible that somebody who has a limb removed or taken off, is it possible that God could manifest a new arm or a new leg? Beloved, my thoughts go back to Lazarus, who was death in death and decaying. His body was decomposing. And Jesus looked over to the tomb and says, Lazarus, come forth. Someone says, but the days of miracles are gone. Well, God's not dead. He's the God of miracles. He's still alive, if we hadn't noticed. He is the God of all the universe. He's the God that recreated your spirit. If He can recreate your spirit, He certainly can take care of our bodies. Can you say amen? But you see, beloved, it is on the premise of faith. It is not... I believe we have misunderstood and misquoted the Scriptures. When He said to study to show yourself to be approved, He didn't say to go to a, a theological school. He didn't say to get out your commentaries. He said to come to My Word and feast upon My Word and fill your spirit up with My Word and begin to see that I am a God who cannot lie and begin to see that man will not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of My mouth. And if you will, you too, likewise, will have faith that will remove mountains. Jesus said if you had faith... As a grain of mustard seed, you speak of the sycamine tree and tell it to be plucked up by the roots and planted into the sea and it would obey you. Creative faith. Faith to create. Faith to destroy. You speak to that tree and curse it and it would happen. It would die. You speak to that cancer, it would die. It would leave. You speak to that death, it would go. You speak to that demon, it would leave. The just shall live by faith. Not foolishness, not presumption, but the just shall live by faith. Faith in a living God. Dare we act on our faith? Dare we believe that the God that said, I'll supply your need will? Dare we believe that the God that said, with my stripes you were healed? Dare we believe that all things are possible to him that believeth? Dare we believe if you ask anything in my name, I will do it? Dare we believe ye are more than conquerors through him that loves you. I want you to see a scripture in Philippians chapter 1. You're close by. Verse 28. You know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Everybody say power. Power. Love. Everybody say love. And a sound mind. I don't have the spirit of fear. I don't have the spirit of fear. God did not give me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 28. And I want to read to you from the Amplified Version of the Bible. You can follow along there. I believe it says enough in the King James, but this just adds a little bit more to it. Here Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, and he's talking to them about their salvation. He's talking to them that for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I am no longer living to myself. I'm living to Christ. And he goes on down in verse 28 and he says, I want you to know something. Do, do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof and seal to them "...of their impending destruction, but a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation, and that from God. For you have been granted the privilege for Christ's sake not only to believe, adhere to, rely on, and trust in Him, but also to suffer in His behalf. So you are engaged in the same conflict which you saw me wage, and which you now hear to be mine still." Paul is saying even though he went through all the circumstances. You talk about fiery furnaces. This man went through many fiery furnaces. He says, But I held to the truth of God's Word, and I stood before the adversary, before the enemy, without fear, without being timid, without being shy, but with fearlessness and with boldness. And I stood my ground with the adversary. And I want you to know that the devil had no power to take my life. They left me once for dead, but I was raised up by the power of God. They tried to destroy my life in many ways, but God delivered me out of every single one of them. And all those that will live godly in Christ Jesus, they're going to suffer persecution, but the God that you serve is able and willing and will deliver you out of anything that could come your way. Beloved, we live in a day in an age right now when fear is all around us. We live in a day and age when we need more faith now than any other time in history. We look at the hopelessness and the failure of medical science. We look around us, and we see how their efforts to alleviate human suffering from the human race has not really done the job, has not really benefited mankind as they thought it would. We see people that are tormented by the devil whose minds are lost and and are gone. We find them in mental institutions and homes. We see a time when this system in which we live right now, and many of you have seen that happen in your own life. You cannot depend upon the the monetary system of the world. You can't even depend upon your job being around for 30 years anymore to buy a house if you wanted to. We live in a day and an age when it's not been easier to believe God. It's been harder to believe God because we have so many different avenues to go. We've got so many different bridges that man has built to attempt to provide for himself a life worth living. But you see, beloved, the just are not going to live by human ways. The just will not succeed By the arm of the flesh. The just will never have a life worth living. Being dependent upon the human race. Human technology. Human reasoning. Exploitations. We are only going to succeed by faith. We are only going to make it by faith. We're only going to be delivered by faith. There's going to come a day and an age, I believe, when we are going to be so separated from the world. We're going to be so separated unto God. We're going to be so controlled by the Spirit of God. We're going to be so filled with the life of God that we'll begin to walk upon this earth just as David's men of renown and do greater exploits and exploitations in the name of Jesus our Lord. I want you to know, beloved, that this is the hour. This is the hour in which we live right now. God is moving. Satanic forces are coming from every direction. Every influence you could possibly think or imagine has been unleashed by the powers of darkness. He knows that Jesus' return is soon. He knows that His impending doom and death is right around the corner. He knows that this is the time that he must work his works of darkness in the lives of people. He knows it's time to destroy marital relationships, and it's, they're being destroyed right now, even in the body of Christ like never before. You try to go to a counselor, you try to go to a psychologist, I don't care even if they say Christian psychologist, beloved, I want you to know that there isn't anything that's going to deliver these people from the powers of darkness, but the power of the resurrected Christ and the living God, and the glory of God, and the power of God. That's the only thing that's going to do it. There isn't any kind of power that can cause two legs to come back. There isn't any kind of power that can raise some dead body up that was decaying and bring it back to life again. In one instance, when this dear beloved brother raised up a fellow from the dead, he raised him up right out of that casket, raised him up right from the dead, life came back into him. Time could not, would not allow me to go and elaborate upon, uh, of this man's mystery. It's only comparable to the Lord Jesus himself. When Jesus was here on earth, it was said that if all that he did was in detail written down in a book, you couldn't, the world couldn't contain the books. Well, one individual writing about this man's life said, if everything he did in detail was written, it would take a large amount of books and volumes of books just to record it all. Everywhere he went, God used them. One time on a train, he was sitting down. All of a sudden, he saw a couple. He's looked at this woman and said, oh, he says, you look terrible. She said, I should be, and I should look terrible. I'm just about to go have my leg amputated. That's why I'm here. He said to her, you, you are? Yeah. Do you know Jesus? No. I want you to know Jesus. And finally her to the Lord. Then he says, I've got something inside this bag of mine, bless the Lord, that has never failed to deliver anybody from sickness and disease such as yours. She had gangrene said, and She was about to go have that thing cut off. Said, what is it? Open up the Bible Bible to Exodus 15, 26. Said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Said, go to your doctors now. Pour oil on her. Go to your doctors now and see what the Lord hath done for thee. Got there and they said, your leg is perfectly normal. Perfectly fine. There isn't any medical profession that can do that, Beloved. I want you to know that God by His Spirit is stirring up the body of Christ to recognize and to realize that we serve the living God. We serve Jehovah of the universe. We serve the God that's created the world and everything that's in it. We serve a God who so loved us He came to, to put His, impart His divine nature to impart His very life into our being, to flood us and fill us with His Holy Ghost and with power, so that as we bring in or take into our spirit all the life that He has, it can outflow from us just like it did from Jesus. And the body of Christ is waking up to a place right now that we are recognizing and realizing that we are not normal and natural people walking on this earth. We are a people that have been called out by God. We are a people that have the Shekinah glory of God inside of our spirits. We are a people that are walking with the living God by faith and who know how to contact Him in every given time of need. We are living with the God of the universe inside of us. We're recognizing that. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doesn't yet appear what we're going to be like in glory, he said. But now we know we are the sons of God and we are like unto Him. And as He is, so are we in this world. Imagine that. As I was studying, as I was reading, the Lord spoke a word in my heart. He said, Ichabod. I said, what? He says, read about it. I says, okay, Lord. I went back to 1 Samuel and I began to read about the prophet. I began to read about Eli and his family. How God said to him, through your loins and through your family genealogy generations, I'm going to continue my priesthood. I'm going to continue my workings. And he didn't teach his children the things of God. He didn't instruct them in the way of the Lord. He didn't teach them the walk by faith. He didn't teach them about the reality of the living God. And when they were working with him in the, high, in the priestly ministry, they did some things that defiled their lives and even the family life. And the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the Shekinah glory of God, the presence of God, the glory of God, the Spirit of God, was in Shiloh. Israel was out to battle. I want you to see the Hebrew children were out to battle. They were going into a furnace. I want you to see the Apostle Paul was out to battle. He was being stoned with stones. I want you to see that David was out to battle. His life was always being threatened. But every time they obeyed God, the glory and power of God was there. But this time, beloved, the Israelites were being destroyed. So they ran on down to Shiloh to get the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represents the glory of God. And they said, Bless God, we're going to win now. They came to the Philistines' camp where they were fighting. And they brought it there. And they set it down in their midst and said, Let's go. I mean, the Philistines turned every color. They got so scared and so frightened. They said, Oh, no. This God that they serve is the God that brought them out of Egypt. This God that, I mean, this was, this was all abroad. They knew all about it. This God that they served, parted the Red Sea. This God that they served, destroyed all the gods of Egypt. This God is a mighty God of all the universe. Who could withstand? They said, let's gird up our loins and let's get out, let's fight as hard as we can because we know that we gotta get them right now or we're gonna be destroyed. And they went out there and they began to destroy the Israelites. And they finally killed them. Killed them. Killing them. One by one. The Israelites got upset. They didn't know what to do. They, they, they took off. And the Philistines got the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the glory of God. Came back home and told Eli. Said, Eli, your boys are dead, and the Ark of the Covenant has been stolen away. Eli was sitting in his easy chair, well-stricken in age, judged by the Lord because of his disobedience, fell over backwards and broke his neck and died. The news was brought to one of the, his son's wives who was pregnant, about to give birth. Said, Your husband is dead. And the Ark of the Covenant is gone. That child would to be, was to be an heir to keep the thing going, see the glory of God going. Eli, through his son, son's son. Just that moment, she went into travail. And she gave birth to a boy named him Ichabod. Which means the glory of the Lord has departed. Beloved, you can have the glory of the Lord. But when the glory of the Lord departs, you don't have any power. You're left To stand before your enemy with nothing, without anything, any divine protection. I want you to know that we're living in a day and age, the Lord spoke to my heart, that the body of Christ, the church that's supposed to represent the living God, has done the same thing. They have upon their churches, Ichabod, the glory of the Lord hath departed. The glory of the Lord is gone. We've brought into the churches social meetings. They've brought into the churches a time just to get together. Brought into the churches up to date. Some of them don't even preach the new birth. And some that do don't go any further than than, than the new birth, just being born again, just saying, just going to heaven. Beloved, I want you to know that we're in for something big. I want you to know that the Spirit of God is moving upon the face of the earth right now. And the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro upon the face of the earth right now. To find a people. To find a people. To find a body. To find an individual. To find a group. To find anybody that will forget commentaries. That will forget theology. That will forget about the things of Egypt. That will forget about the things of the world. Somebody who will look to the Lord God, Jehovah Almighty. Somebody who will look to the name of Jesus. Somebody who will not be satisfied, you know, to be dissatisfied with the power of God that's in them. Somebody who will cry out for the power and glory of God to be so manifest in their lives that he could come back to this earth, to the vessel, the human vessel, the body of Christ, the individual, whoever will do it. Until He can demonstrate once again His glory, demonstrate His power, demonstrate His miracles, demonstrate signs and wonders, demonstrate that He is the God of the world, the universe, and the God of the Christian. He wants to perform these signs and wonders. He wants to heal our bodies. He wants to recreate parts that have been, you know, taken away through surgery. He wants to bring back limbs that were once taken off, but whatever way... Jesus did it over here in Matthew chapter 15. They brought unto him the halt, the blind, the maimed, the lame. And the halt, the blind, they were all healed. The maimed were made whole. He said to a man with a withered hand, Stretch forth thine hand. That hand came out, perfectly restored, perfectly whole. He is the God of all glory. He wants to show that he can put a marriage back together, and not through psychology, but through his power. Through his power, through his glory. We have so tried to live this life in the flesh. He says, stop it. You'll cause my glory to go. Stop it. Get into the Spirit. Get into the realm that you belong in. Life in the Spirit. Life of faith. Walking in love. Walking in the fullness of the Holy Ghost and power. Speaking with other tongues. Calling upon the name of the Lord God and using the name of Jesus like a mighty sword, and like a mighty weapon. Speaking the Word so that Word has all power and all authority. Creative power, creative ability and authority. I'm not turning my back on the walk of faith. That faith has brought my children into this world. The faith of which I speak has caused my wife to be delivered and healed and set free by the glory and power of God. That faith has kept my children whole for seven years. They haven't had a need to go to medical science. Bless the Lord Almighty. That faith has brought every good thing that we could think of come from above into our possession because of the fact we serve the Most High Living God. We've got a decision to make, my brother and sister. Are we going to live by faith or are we going to walk by natural abilities? Are we going to live by faith and call upon the name of the living God or are we just going to you know, stick to the natural, stick to where Egypt's at? No, it's time to have our faith challenged. It's time to get out of the boat. It's time to get out on the water of the Word. It's time to get out into the realm of glory. It's time to say, no more self, all of God. It's time to say, we are your vessels. We are your chosen ones. We will not quit until your glory is made manifest. We'll give up the things of the pleasures of this life, bless God, for the glory, for the glory, for the glory, and for the power of your presence. We want to see you in demonstration. We want to see you in power and glory. We want to see you walk up and down these aisles. We want to see you performing as you did the God of the Old Testament and even in greater way in the New Testament. We want to see Jesus. You know that one said, I want to see Jesus. Said we would see Jesus. There's only one way to see Jesus and that's by faith. Beloved, you know what faith is? Numbers 23, 19 says, Faith, God is not a man that he should lie. Nor is he the son of man to repent. If God said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll make it good. Faith is having the audacity to believe that what God said he would do, he will. And then the boldness to act on it. I can't describe faith. I can't write out faith for you, you know, on a piece of paper. We have so tried in our minds and in our theological minds to try to write out prescriptions of faith. Beloved, faith is daring to believe that what God said he must perform. I want you to know that you're looking at a man. in, In the last couple of years, I'll tell you what I had to repent. I've had to repent. Because I want you to know that I was bold with God. I, I took a hold of my Bible in that mill crane. And I looked at the Word and said, You said something here, Lord. You said that if I attend to Your Word and incline your, my ear to Your sayings and, and I don't let this Word apart from before my eyes and keep this Word in the midst of my heart, You told me You would become life to me and health to my body. And I'm going to read this Word until the devil leaves my body, till the disease leaves my body. I will not stop reading Your Word until healing comes to my body. And I did it. And I read it. And you know what happened? It left my body. I mean, it left my body faster than any, any human remedy could cause it to leave my body. I mean, to tell you, I stood there over my daughter's little body, and my wife and I saw her after falling ten and a half feet and seeing her destroyed on that floor, blood coming out of her. We looked at that little body, and we just got a hold. Of, you talk about His tongues for today. He's the Holy Ghost for today. I put my hands on her with my wife in the prayer group, and we prayed in other tongues as hard as we can, as fast as we can. And I want you to know there came a power out of glory. There came a power out of heaven. It caused a faith to rise up inside. My heart to say she's healed. It caused her little body to respond because within a few days, not only was she walking, but her body was brought back to normal. And I said, Dear God, if you just give me some wisdom, if you give me a voice, if you give me an anointing, if you give me anything, I'll tell people how to believe you. I'll teach people that you are the God who cares, who is concerned about our lives. You are the God of all love, and, and you are our Father, and you want to do for each and every one of us. We couldn't get away from the miraculous. We sent angels out to go and bring things into our path. It came in. We saw our angels driving down a highway. Route 11. The other on Route 11, too. Did you know that? We saw them coming down there. One on one side. One on the other. We saw them right before our eyes. You know, you're held accountable when you see things like that. We saw the glory of God. We saw the power of God. We saw them like they did in the Bible. And I said, Oh, Father God, I'm not trying to get educated on You. I'm not trying to get commentaries inside me. Forget all this stuff. Let's go back to one book. Let's go back to the Word of God. Let's go back to the Bible. Faith cometh by hearing God's Word, not anybody else. Faith cometh by hearing what God said. And God said, if you speak to your mountain in your life and tell it to go, it'll go in my name. And if you'll dare believe that what you desired in your life has come, you have it if you believe it. All things are possible to him that believe. I mean, you talk about Mary. Mary said, be it unto me according unto thy word. That's faith. You talk about Zacharias, that's unbelief. Oh, how's this going to happen? The same angel appeared to both of them, appeared over there to Zacharias and says, You're going to bear, your wife's going to bear a child. You're going to have a son. His name is John. I don't believe it. Mary said, said, the angel said to Mary, Mary, you shall conceive. You're a virgin, but you're going to conceive and your woman have a child. His name will be Jesus. Mary said, How can this possibly be? Seeing I know not a man, a very legitimate question. And the angel said, "It shall be the power of the Most High shall overshadow you, and that which you will conceive in you is the Son of God. She said, Be it unto me according unto thy word. That's faith. You want a definition for faith? If God said it, believe it. If God said it, Mary said concerning Jesus' his first miracle, Whatsoever He saith to you, do it. They says, Master, there's no more wine. We're at a wedding feast. There's no more wine. What are we going to do? Mary came and said to Jesus, There's no more wine. He said, Woman, what I have have I to do with thee? My time's not yet come. He said to the servant, she said to the servants, whatsoever he says to you, do it. Just do it. They did it. Filled the water pots up with water all the way to the top. And he made the sweetest wine you ever heard of. Take it to the governor of the feast. You mean this water? Yeah. And it became wine. Beloved, I want you to know that God is speaking to our hearts right now. Now is a time to feed our spirits the Word of God like never before. Not a time to get commentaries into us. Not a time to start getting theology into us. Not a time to just keep setting about the Word. But a time to start feeding into us, into our spirits. It's time to shut other things out. It's time to come before God holy. And a time to get before God and say, purge me of anything that's of self inside me. A time to come before God and say, clean me, cleanse me, until nothing is left but Jesus shining out of me. A time to repent and get before God and say, Father God, my faith is right at this level, but I'm looking to Jesus. He is the author, He is the developer, the perfecter of my faith. And I'm not leaving your presence until my faith grows exceedingly. For I believe that you are the God with whom all things are possible. Beloved, I'll tell you what, I just got a fire lit inside my bones that just won't quit. I believe God wants us to dare get out and start believing that He is the God of the miraculous. He wants us to set aside all these other things, social events and stuff like that. He says, get a hold of my word and let my word live in you. Let it be alive in you. It'll be life to you. It'll be help to you. It'll be power to you. Dare believe me. I can't share with you what's going on around this country. There are people that are turning away from walking with God by faith. There are ministers that are closing down the doors of their churches, so called word churches going off with a secretary, having adultery, committing affairs, and fornication. I'm talking about word churches in this area, beloved. All around us. All around. Closing down. Is this God? You see, when you start living like this, beloved, I want you to know you become a target for the devil. You get in a front-line battle. You're out there where you've got to have a boldness and a power and a a faith in God that you know that God is working on your side and with you. And He's speaking to to us at this hour. And He says, you come to Me. And you feed from My Word. Forget the books. Forget the tapes. Forget the commentaries. Feed what I said into your spirit. And don't quit. And don't be satisfied. And be so dissatisfied with your experience that you, that you hunger, that you thirst, that you long for my manifest presence. Beloved, I wouldn't give all the healings that have taken place in our family for anything in this world. I wouldn't give up the power the presence, the might of God that's been manifest through our lives for all the money in the world. I mean, I want you to know, beloved, that once you get a taste of this, once you begin to live by it, once you... there's no questions as to what faith is. Faith is coming to God and taking His Word as what He said. You know what faith is? What did He say unto you to do? Do it. You know, He said, if you believe on me, you should be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. I'm not quoting you, me. I'm not quoting you a commentary. I'm not quoting you from what some uh, theological person says. I'm not quoting to you from, from any other source of reference. I want you all to turn with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. And he said unto them in verse 15, Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs. Everybody say these signs. Everybody say Jesus said these signs. Say it again. Jesus said these signs. Shall follow them that believe. In my name. Shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Everybody say Jesus said. They shall speak with new tongues. You say, but my church never taught like that. Beloved, it's time that we start realizing that Jesus is the head of the church. I said, it's time we realize that I'm not the head of the church. Other denominations are not the head of the church. But Jesus is the head of the church. And Jesus said, in my name, you shall speak with new tongues. In my name, you shall take up serpents. In my name, if you drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. In my name you shall lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Is there any sick among you? and them with all name the Lord and pray the prayer of faith, and the Lord will raise them up. He's saying to us right now, I don't want you to theorize my word. I don't want you to speculate on my word. I want you to see what I said to you and then stay in my presence until it happens to you. If I said you should speak in new tongues and do it, if I told you to cast out devils and demons, then do it. I want you to know something, I don't take headaches. You might say, well, that's a small thing. Beloved, that's not a small thing. I know people that are on a bed for days because of headaches. I don't take headaches. I haven't had a headache since I've been saved. I've had thousands try to come on me, but I don't take them. I say, you pain, I say, you devil, in the name of Jesus, go. It goes. I refuse to have it. I won't allow it to live in me. I just refuse. I close the door. You'll get so caught up, beloved, into this life of faith. You'll get so caught up in the glory of God. You'll want to be so holy before your God. You'll see Jesus in all His resurrected glory. You'll see Him and all that He wrought for you so that you could say that to the devil. You'll see that He gave His life for you so that you can say to the disease, Get out of my body. You'll see He is so holy, so immaculate, so pure, so loving, so caring, so kind, so willing. Oh, when He came down from the mountain, the great multitude followed Him. A leper came and said, Lord, will you heal me? He says, I will. The centurion came and says, My servant lying home sick of the palsy, will you come and heal him? He says, Glory to God, I'll come and heal him. But just speak the word, Lord. He came and knew his wife, Peter's wife's mother's house. His mother was sick of a fever. He healed her. They brought unto Him all that were sick with disease and all kind of diverse diseases and all that were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirits with His word. He healed all that were sick. He couldn't take it. Compassion drove Him to do it. He was moved with compassion to heal the leper. He was moved with compassion to cause the maimed, the whole, the lame and the, blame, lame and the blind to be, to, to be healed. He did it because He loved them. He did it because He cared for them. He did it because He was concerned for them. He, I know He puts marriages together. I know He brings people back together. One, one, one young man left his wife, believer, but backslid. You say, how are we going to do it? How are we going to get them back together? Beloved, I'm telling you something right now. There's only one way to do it. There's only one way it's going to happen. It's going to be through the power of God. It's not going to be through psychology. It's going to be through the power of the living God. Only God can change a heart. Only God can change a life. Only God can bring reason back to a person. And the brother got his hand on a cloth and says, In Jesus' name, put that under his pillow. Put under his pillow and the power of God came on him and said, Jumped out of bed. Jumped out of bed right there on the spot. Fell down to his knees and said, God, forgive me. Ran back home to his wife and said, Honey, forgive me. Forgive me in Jesus' name. Beloved, that anointing was worth a thousand words in a psychologist's office. That power and anointing of God is what we need, what we have within us. God is in us, with us, for us. This flesh is the only thing that stops it from being manifest. When it's all of self, it's none of God. When it's some of self, it's some of God. But when it's none of self, it is all of God. Jesus said, be filled with my spirit. Yes, sir. I didn't question that. Jesus said, be baptized in water. I ran as fast as you could run to get baptized in water. Jesus said, rebuke the devil. He'll leave or flee from you. And when the devil try, I want you to know this. When the devil came to me by night, and I mean to tell you, I'm not just joking or kidding you. I mean, I don't like to get into this stuff, but I, he told me, he just let it out. Just let it go. I was in my bedroom. Well, first it started when I was in the crane. I was over there rejoicing, reading the Bible. All of a sudden, there was an awesome presence inside that crane cab that was, I can't describe it with words. You can't describe spiritual things with words. It was the ugliest thing I've ever witnessed or experienced in my life. This thing was so ungodly, so ugly, in that, the presence in that room, in that crane cab. I was so moved of fear. I didn't. Know, I was trembling. I'm not a man who's afraid. But up there in, that, in the dark, up there in my milk crane, I know I had to go to the, the bay. It was dark. It was up there where nobody was. I was afraid to get out of the cab. I was afraid to walk. I was afraid to go down the steps. I thought this thing was going to destroy me. I was very young in the faith. I came down those steps. I went out the back. I went, it was all dark out in the back. I was out there by myself. And I, It came on me again. I got home, talking with my wife a little bit, had a little bite to eat. It was after 11 o'clock at night. I went up to my bedroom, lying out, just just went to bed. We won't but went to bed. She's lying one inch away from me. I'm one inch away from her. Our arms just about one inch apart. I'm laying down there in that bed. All of a sudden, right in that room, this thing comes out. I tell you, it was a thing. I tell you, it was a spirit. I did not see it with my physical eye. I could tell you exactly where it was standing. I could point it out to you face to face. I knew it was right over there. I did not want to go to sleep. I lay there... I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, the next thing I know is I'm enveloped in this thing. This thing is on top of me. I cannot breathe. I cannot speak. I cannot move. I can't touch my wife. I can't even move my I was, you know, lifting weights. I was a mill worker. I put pretty rugged then, see. I could not move one inch away to get a hold of her and say, honey, help. <laughs> I don't know what she would have done, but bless the Lord, I couldn't move. Thank God for the Word. I began saying inside my innermost consciousness, inside my spirit, my spirit began to speak. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is the God that's in me than the devil that's in the world. All of a sudden, boom, that thing took off. I jumped up and said, oh, glory. When I say I couldn't move, I'm telling you, I couldn't move. And I wasn't under the power of God. I was under the power and influence of the devil. He wanted to destroy my life. And then when I went on down to Tulsa, see, I, I'm just whom I'm a nobody, and God's just telling me what to do in life. Just go down here, got to live by faith. So I went down to where He said to go, and all of a sudden I lie down in bed. Make a long story short, and all of a sudden, it's just like it happened back then. This thing comes on me. I mean, it came on my face. I could feel it on my nose. I could feel it entering in, and it was the most ungodly thing I could ever describe or, or you could imagine. But it was just once again when you're just about to lay down and go to sleep. But by this time I had grown somewhat in a faith and I shouted out with a voice. I said, In the name of Jesus, you devil go. I want you to know that it literally came out and flew out, not out of here. It felt like it was like you ever catch a cold or something. You can feel a tingling inside. It went and it flew out of that room as fast as it could, and has never returned. And there was one more experience I had with that, which I'm not limited to share with you right now. But beloved, you live in a day and age, I live in a day and age, it's no more church. It's no more social fun- social functions. It is no more just playing games with God. It is getting this Anointing bottle of oil. It is putting it inside your cabinet, your medicine chest. Setting it right there. And beloved, instead of reaching for an aspirin, I'm not telling you what to do. You'll open up this bottle and you'll say, God, my Heavenly Father, you said to anoint the sick with oil in the name of Jesus and you would raise me up. And if you need to do it 50 times, you won't stop until it's gone. We're living in a day and age when disease, demons, the power of darkness, the forces of hell are waiting right now to destroy the faith of the multitudes and of the many. And Jesus said, if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. The reason why medical science is failing to To alleviate human suffering is because Jesus is the only way. Jesus is God's way. I have begun my fight. I've begun my walk. I'm just beginning. But I want you to know, beloved, I am not going to quit. I will not quit. For as far as I'm concerned, my house and my we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Most High God. And faith in His Word must work. One friend of mine who was from a denomination who didn't believe what I'm speaking to you tonight said to me, what would you do if you prayed for your daughter and they didn't recover? I said, I would call God a liar. Now now let me say this to you, not in disrespect. I'd say, Father God, you ought not to put that in this Bible. You ought not have written, James 5, 14, 15, Is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. You shouldn't have put that in there if you were not going to honor your word. Now, either you lied about it, or I got to change. That's what faith is. That's what faith is. Faith is going to what God said and say, You said it, you got to do it.